Hello, this is Dr. Amanda Garcia, Director of the School of Professional Advancements Media and Design Program at Tulane University, and I would like to welcome you to our podcast, Trust the Process, a podcast where we explore the creative paths that led us to where we are today. Today, my guest is Greg Cada. You may know him as Gregisms on TikTok with over a million followers and growing. But today we speak to Greg about the winding path that brought him to this very moment in this episode titled Permission to Play. Well, Greg, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, So this podcast is about our creative journeys and kind of how we got to where we are today. So we're going to throw it way back. Okay. To the beginning. (laughs) Can you tell us about kind of where you grew up and that sort of thing? Yes. Um, I grew up outside of Cleveland, Ohio, in a little city called Mentor. Although Mm -hmm. if you're from there, you would say Mentor. Mm -hmm. We don't believe in teas. Right. Um, And uh, I just was one of four, um, just a very typical sort of, you know, middle class upbringing. Grew up in a great neighborhood with a cul de sac and Everybody knew each other. Um, nice. Went to Catholic school my whole life, um, <laughs> which was great. Yeah, um, yeah. Went, but went to an all boys Catholic high school, um, which is where I sort of discovered my love for performing. Okay. Um, I was very performative kid, but I didn't know you could do it for a living. We weren't very, uh, we weren't a very artistic household, so okay. it wasn't like I, I knew of. I mean, other than movies and TV, which I was a huge uh, fan of, only because my mom. Um, my parents got divorced with basically a single mom. So mm. TV was our babysitter. Which, right. And, you know, back then, you know, you had to like subscribe to things like HBO yes. and whatnot. And so, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, you definitely were either you grew up with HBO or didn't. And right. <laughs> I surely did. Which now when I look back on it, I watch those movies and go, those are incredibly inappropriate for an eight year old. <laughs> right. Yeah. But they go over your head. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's where I fell in love with performing and um, sort of decided I, I ended up in my like couple years in high school. We had a lot of really talented actors mm-hmm. that were like we're gonna do this and several of them went on to do major broadway shows wow. major tv things um and so I, I was surrounded by people that were like-minded and so i That's um great. i ended up going to to school of the arts at nyu for undergrad uh majored in drama nice. um and musical theater from there i um started working right away very luckily and mm-hmm. then went on tour with Dora the Explorer live <laughs> nice. play originating the role of Boots the Monkey um This is what I've heard. I've yes, heard. Yeah. It is okay. uh, the, the hardest job of my life. Mm-hmm. Um lasted about 6 months. <laughs> okay. Um it was 10 shows a week. I had about 15 tumbling passes. I was oh. wearing a foam costume. And how was, old were you at this point? I was 22. Okay. So, or no, I was 20. I turned 23 right the, like the yeah. day before rehearsals. That so sounds about right. It was, a, tumbling. I was able to do mm-hmm. that. Um, but, and then I, um, and while I was doing that show, I booked Mamma Mia in Las, the Las Vegas nice. company. So I was the first replacement in the Las Vegas company wow. of Mamma Mia. And I moved to Las Vegas. I thought I was going to be there a year. 15 years later. Um, yeah, it was, um, (laughs) Vegas is a weird place. It's, uh, incredibly easy to live there. They sort of call Mm. it the golden handcuffs. It's, um, you have uh, phenomenal weather. You have, uh, lots of opportunities for performers and gig work. Mm -hmm. Uh, the issue was it sort of became for me after Mamma Mia closed. Um, I, the consistency was way, was just not enough for me. And after a while you start to crave normal things mm-hmm. like a house right. and you know 
Mm-hmm. And it was it was tough because I would have really great months where I made a lot of money, but I would, you know, I would sit on that right. for the next four because, because I was you weren't a, sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You absolutely. don't know. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it all depended on just like who was coming in and what yeah. they wanted. And and so I did another um, strip show. Um, uh, I headlined uh, in Fifty Shades, the musical parody. Nice. <laughs> Uh, nice. playing the role of Christian Grey. Um, they nice. had a, a sort of different concept for the parody. He was not what he looked like in the book. So <laughs> they asked me to gain about 50 pounds, <laughs> oh my goodness. In which I said, fine, but you need to take it off. Wow. Um, yeah, it's so funny. It goes on a lot quicker than it comes off. Um, yeah, like that Remarkably. Happens. I feel like I gained it in a month, but right. it took me about six to sort of mm-hmm. shed it. But mm-hmm. uh one of the best jobs I've ever had in my life, sort of one of those shows that it, it, it just let me do everything that I do well. Mm-hmm. And I never thought it would be in a musical about mommy porn, but I was like, <laughs> OK, um, let's do that. Yeah. And uh, but after that closed, uh, well, I, I then went to the Philippines for six months doing the show mm. there, which was hilarious because the Philippines is an incredibly Catholic country. But man, do they love their dirty really musicals. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Well, I would first not of all, the fil- that. oh, and me neither. I was like, "How is this going to be received?" Right, I feel like, exactly. I feel like I'm either going to be, you know, deported and or just killed. But yeah. they, <laughs> Filipino people, are the the best people in the entire world. I, if you've never been, I highly recommend okay. putting it on your list because you will be just so well taken care of, and you'll mm. be surrounded by just what seem like the happiest people in the world. So, mm-hmm. wow, okay. Plug for the Philippines there. Yeah, there um, you go. Shout out to the Philippines. Yeah, but then I just it, it was that moment of just going. You know what I. I grad school had always been in my mind, but I didn't really think uh, I thought that ship sailed when I was about 26 because mm-hmm. in my mind I was going to like Yale School of Drama sure, or I was right. going to go back to NYU, right. which, you yeah. know, <laughs> why would I put myself through that debt again? Oh, right. <laughs> but that was sort of or I was going to go to Juilliard, one of those things. Yeah. And then once that ship I thought had sailed, I was just like I put that out of my mind. But then I I had been teaching I had my own private studio in Vegas for about eight, you know, the whole time I was there. But I had been teaching a little bit before then. Oh, nice. And. I love it. I've always loved teaching. It's sort of, it's just one of those things. When I was five, I used to, I asked for a chalkboard for Christmas and I would play teacher in the basement, <laughs> like it. doing math problems. Oh so, my God. you know, okay. it wasn't, it wasn't a, um, a fallback. It was right. definitely, I was yeah. doing it while I was doing it. And I yeah. just said, you know, I really want to work with students that want to do this for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. So I really want to be at a, at a university. Nice. I don't want to be with people that or wishy-washy or whatnot, and I mm-hmm. definitely didn't want to deal with parents because they ruin everything. Um, <laughs> and so I said, okay, I'm gonna, I have to get my master's then. Yeah. And I was actually working with a student who was also looking at going to grad school, but she hadn't gone to undergrad. So she, she knew she needed somewhere that was good, that had sure. good training, but she wanted to do musical theater. And mm-hmm. I, was, I was not very aware of many MFA programs in musical yeah, theater. I right, knew right. lots of acting programs mm-hmm. and whatnot were theater programs. And I said, well, you do the research, you come back to me and we'll figure this yeah. out. And so she found, she came to me the next day and she said, yeah, I, I found a program at Tulane, but there, um, I can't apply because you have to have a BFA in order to apply. There was a really strict okay. requirement. And I had been coming to New Orleans since the year 2000. Uh, I came and taught a workshop here with the Bravo t- TV network when, mm. when it was still an arts channel and mm-hmm. before Andy Cohen ruined it. Um, <laughs> and you know, uh, I just fell in love. It was yeah. just one of those places. And I'm sure, you know, like you yeah. just feel you either feel a connection or you even yep. if you don't want to live here, you sort of just go like, oh, I love this place. Absolutely. And it just I, I remember that first um, we actually were staying at the W mm-hmm. in the quarter. And I just remember walking down that street for the first time going like it just felt right. And I sort of knew in the back of my mind at some point I will be here. Yeah. And I didn't know for what. Right. And um, and so 
when she told me about the Tulane program, I said, well, let me look at this Uh for a second. So I just sort of looked at it. And I mean, this was literally in the fall of two of 2016. And I moved here. I mean, I I ended up getting in and and moving the next year. And so I just remember saying to her, I said, uh, do you mind if I apply? And she was like, no, not at all. I was like, good, because I already did. Um, and uh, yeah, so I moved here fall of 2017 to to get my master's at, in, in musical theater. Graduated in 2019. Um, did not realize how difficult getting a job in academia mm, was. Well, not um, right now. Well. Probably compounding the issue, I guess. Yeah, yeah it... Um, I mean, I literally think I could have booked like six Broadway shows before getting a job. And it, oh it is it is um, it, it's incredibly difficult. Mm. It's a weird, uh, you know, not to knock I can, tenure, I think, is mm. a great thing, but also a really difficult thing, especially in a mm. in an in an art form that is consistently evolving Absolutely. and changing. Absolutely. And uh, one of the things I found in a lot of my interviews was that this, this that these were people that just have been lifers Mm -hmm. and they were not getting they were not brushing up on their stuff they weren't interested in it you are preaching to the choir over here so it was really it was really eye-opening um Mm -hmm. you know where i would get an interview for uh where i wouldn't get an interview for um you know and so it was it was like two years of flying all over the of the country going looking at different schools um Mm -hmm. getting it not getting it you know (sighs) knowing in the first five minutes that this is not Not somewhere i can live (laughs) and and being like i feel terrible i'm here for two days but (sighs) you know you go through the you know the pony show and then how it is and uh so i yeah and and then um and then last year during the pandemic um you know everyone knows the world ended for a hot second Mm -hmm. and um I, uh, I obviously I was laid off work or not laid off, but put on hold. Yeah. And, um, I downloaded TikTok because mm. a friend said, you know, you've got to watch some of these videos they are really funny. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. And when you have nothing to do, what is it? Right. Like, idle hands of the devil's playground. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I had nothing but time yep. and downloaded the app and was like, oh, I thought this was just dancing. But, <laughs> it, but after, after a while, you know when you scroll because when you first download the app just be prepared to like like schedule like three days absolutely of a black yep. hole mm-hmm. before you wake up out of it have snacks ready exa- water exactly. extra coffee or someone just hire someone to make sure that they're there the Thank- kids are going to be fine right but they, they'll, they'll for themselves yeah, right <laughs> and so I, it eventually started to recognize what i liked and i just it was it was just i've never seen an app like this mm. in terms of it was everything it yeah. was food it was education yep. it was finance mm-hmm. it was um, DIY. Yep. It was thirst traps galore, and but it was also <laughs> yeah. it, it just was. Yeah. I, I I mean, and it's so quick and yep. fast that yep. that you an hour goes by and, and you, you don't lit- even realize it. Oh my no. goodness! And yeah. you also are like, wow! I know how to now unclog my drain. Yep. I know how to build a furniture from scratch. <laughs> I know how to basically repurpose you know whatever house yeah. I also you know so it and just I'm was, so inspired exactly exactly and then you have some sto- <laughs> you know a, a wonderful story of like yes. rescuing a dog and you're yeah. just like so there's just so much like it yeah. was just such a positive yeah uh, it is thing and yeah. I said oh okay let me like yeah. make a video and yeah. so I did I made a little bit of a um of a, a, a following over the summer and mm-hmm. whatnot and then uh about Halloween it just kind of exploded mm. and I'm now I'm here with over a million followers and you just hit a million I did and, and it's, it's still growing it's still growing I hit a million over like just about a week yeah, ago and uh-huh. I've already got about a hundred thousand more and I'm like 
what is this? <laughs> like, That's amazing. I'm amazed that one person wants to follow me, let alone, and I can't even, I, I'll go live sometimes on yeah. the app and I, I do a bunch of different events and I'm, yeah. I, I, you know, everyone's like, congrats on a million. And I was like, guys, I feel like I just talked to a phone. Right. Like I can't yeah, see all of you. It's hard to understand it. It's it not is. like a, con- yeah. you're not performing right. for 50,000 people every other day. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, if you think about it as an audience and right. right in this, your platform, this is almost like a stage for you, you know, and this really is a one man show for you. I mean, in that context, 100%. right. And yeah. I think that like thinking about our creative journeys, I kind of want to circle back to some other things you talked about. Sure. You gave a great overview, but I definitely want to, you know, but I would say, and I was thinking about this for you, you know, and I, I listened to some other podcasts you were on and I was thinking about your training and your Las Vegas experiences mm-hmm. and all of these amazing things that you've done that have kind of led you to now. Do you see how all of those things are connected? 100%. I don't believe, um, I don't believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe that this is a, cho- I believe life is a choose your own adventure. Mm. I don't like predestination because then you have nothing to do with it. But totally. I do think of it like almost like a game where make a left, this happens. Yep. You make a right, that Absolutely. happens. Um, and so why I love that is because it's incredibly empowering because you can only move forward. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if you even if you make a left and you fall into a ditch. Yeah. Well, you can climb out of that ditch Absolutely. and then back up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As opposed to, you know, so when everyone's like, oh, it happened for a reason. I was like, no, I, I, you're taking me out of that equation. Right. Then. You're you're and 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 not to get uh, into higher powers and whatnot. Like I, I, I believe in energy and, 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 and all of that. But sure. but I do think that, yeah, I, I look at sort of I feel like I. I have to sit for a minute, which mm-hmm. is or 15 years yeah. in as Vegas is before I can go. All right. What's my next move? Right. You know, I, 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 so I definitely see how all of it has led to, to where it is mm-hmm. and it's, and it's active choices. You know Absolutely. what I mean? I, I did choose to stay in, yep. in Vegas for 15 years. There wasn't like a, Oh, I'm, I'm guaranteed I'm, this specific thing right. and I need to be here for this. Right. Specific, or right. there's so much opportunity. I, this is, it's not like it was LA or New York where it's right. like, well, this yeah. is where you live because mm-hmm. that's what, where all the work is. It yeah. was, it was a choice. So mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely sort of have, have figured that out. And right. you know, the, the TikTok thing is, um, it absolutely is, is sort of an unbelievable platform. And that's actually when I've been on these interviews lately with the universities, mm-hmm. talking to them going, how are you? How are you applying That's right. current media yep. to to your students who, you know, you I was evolving? like, you just had a year off. Why is not why aren't all your students on TikTok making audition videos? You oh know my what goodness. I mean? And Absolutely. the ones that did are are now leaps and bounds ahead. They've had they have followings. They have agents look I mean, I've had agents reach out to me. That's and, awesome. And I, I'm not interested in in moving right now, but mm-hmm. but it's I'm not even trying to market right. myself as that. Right. And and so it was it's it's definitely opened my eyes to like, well, Broadway's not the center of the universe anymore. And, True, and, yeah. and you have to define success. Absolutely. I just gave you a lot of buzz and, and sound bites. Let's just let's go on a tangent. Let's do it. <laughs> OK, so a couple of things I want to circle back to. You know, I think we, we have a lot of students that listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. And also maybe high school students or also um, career students who are or working students or adult students who are perhaps in their 20s or 30s or 40s thinking, well, it's too late for me to go back and finish my master's or my bachelor's that I never finished because mm-hmm. I went into the military or whatever there right. that might be for them. Or, okay, so I've graduated with this bachelor's and my path seems very crooked. And I think there is this expectation in high school, what I would like to get back to later as well, 
once we kind of figure out that, oh, we can do this as a job, right? We think that there's like this A to B to C to D, and then you are an actor, right? right? <laughs> or a designer or whatever that field is for you or an influencer, right? But that's not at all how it works. Mm-mm. And I love that concept of, you know, veering left, veering right, but making those choices and failing. 100%. And learning from those failures and figuring out how those failures can inform better decisions or different decisions moving forward. Oh, God, yeah. Well, first, so I'll circle back to something you said. So I think a lot of the, because I went through that going back to school issue of, oh, it's too late. Who said, it's such a societal, I feel like it's, I feel like it's more of a, of an, of how will I look going back to Mm. school? And, and what I learned about five minutes into being, you know, 37 on a college campus was, was one, I don't see any of you undergrads except when I'm teaching you. So you do (laughs) respect me in that sense because you're not my peer, boo. You are my student. I've got a good 15. You're looking up to you. Yeah. Yeah. And and so there was that. But then also I was like, I also don't care if you think it's weird because this is, this is not about you. This is really about me. And the difference between grad school, I think in undergrad and I always said this, I said, I'm never, I, I did not want to go undergrad to grad. I did mm. not want to just keep on that education. Mm, I can machine. see that. Yeah. I needed to try out what I learned and make sure that I needed grad school. And I did, I didn't need grad school for the training and, mm. and you know, the, 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 my, my, you my, proved your success. My two years at Tulane were, were interesting to say the least, but it wasn't, I didn't go here for the training. Mm. I went here for the, the experience and I went here for the teaching and mm. the in-classroom and learning about academia, which was, I got in leaps and bounds. Right. Yeah. But it's never, I mean, that's the thing is that it's never too late to better yourself. Absolutely. You know? And I don't mean that in a Pollyanna way. I really right. mean it like, yeah. you, especially as I could, you know, the ages kick on, it's your life. Make it what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, who's telling you? That's what I want to say. Who says when they say, oh, it's too late. Well, who said that? Who told you that it's too late? Right. And slap them because right. they're wrong. And it's yourself. You're right. It's it's yourself. It's that self-doubt of what if I fail at this age, what will that seem like or look like? Or, you know, we have a ton of students in our programs who are coming back for like post-bachelor certificate programs mm-hmm. or et cetera, right? And time and again, and we've interviewed a lot of them for the podcast, and they just say, I was so afraid to come back. And what if I failed and all of these things? And there is that huge fear, you know, after 30, 35. And Never have I heard anyone say, I regret it. Oh. Every single person is so glad that they did it. Yeah. And it's changed their trajectory. I mean, it has propelled them or given them confidence. And it's interesting to see the undergrads look up to them and respect them in a way of, you have real life experience in these things. Like you were in Vegas, you worked in Vegas. Right. Tell me more. You know, I mean, it's those sorts of real life experiences, those undergrad students, they can't even fathom them at this point. Right. Well, and, and one of the things, it, a quick little side story, like, I mean, go, I went to a, you know, uh, I went to a, a interview on campus and somewhere in, um, I think it was North Carolina. And, uh, you know, I, I had an, a, like, like a interview with the students. I had an hour oh, with yeah, them right. so to get to just talk to them. And, and so they, they asked me to just talk about myself. So I gave them the spiel that I gave you, mm-hmm. which is sort of my resume. Yeah. And, uh, and then I was like, let me just open this up to questions. Let's just have this be a conversation because mm-hmm. I don't like talking about myself like, like, oh, this is my resume. Like, yeah. you can read about that. And a hand shot up in the back, and she goes, I don't mean this in an offensive way, but what are you doing here? <laughs> and I was like, What do you mean? What do you mind doing? She's like, Yeah, but you have experience. Why are you with that? Like, why are you here? And that's what I realized. And it's no knock to someone that has made themselves a career academic and has studied this art form 
from a theoretical standpoint, but it was really important for me. If I'm going to teach somebody how to do this, oh, I better sure. have done it. Oh because gosh. this is not something that you can just do it, read in a book and, and, right. and, and get better at. Absolutely. And so it, you know, it, like I said, that's why, I, and, and even my students at Tulane, it was very, I think it was interesting and important mm-hmm. for them to, to know that like, oh, wait, you've, you're, you're not just telling me to do this because you think that's how it's supposed to be done. You've actually done it. Yep. And, and so it does give you a little bit of clout with Absolutely. your students. But. Yeah. And I mean, that, that concept of the career faculty member, I mean, you know, I came from a more traditional public four-year institution prior to this, and there was a, you know, everybody was tenured and that was the thing. And I was tenured, you know, the whole thing, right? But coming to Tulane and being in our environment, I mean, our administration, our deans are amazing. They're all, we're all female. It's, it's a great group of people oh, that we nice. have in our, yeah, in SOPA. And um, one thing that I said is, you know, I want to look at schools like School of Visual Arts, Rhode Island School of Design. Like, what is working well for them? How are they producing these stellar students that are ready to go into the workforce immediately after graduation, right? Completely prepared. And one of the major things that we found was they employed, those schools employ working designers, usually very well-respected in the field, to teach specific classes in their content area of expertise. So that's the model we followed. So all of our faculty in the media and design programs that I that we uh-huh. run um, are, I mean, we have some full-time faculty, but I would say 70% of our faculty, maybe 75, are adjunct faculty who are working as UX designers during the day and teaching UX design at 6 p.m. Well, and that was what I learned was so why NYU was so special mm. and different is because, which I didn't, you know, I just thought that's what, what universities were like. Right. I didn't call any of my teachers professors because they weren't. They mm. were adjunct faculty because all of them were doing Broadway shows at night. Oh, perfect. So I was, you know, Alex Corey, who's originated mm. and done so much uh, Disney work and, yes. and originated so many Broadway roles and, and, and whatnot is, is literally teaching you vocal performance and then going to do the wild party at night. And, and, and you're like, oh, okay. And, and, and then you have you know, dancers that were in the original company of West Side Story and oh, you have, God. you know, a, 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 in the movie and everything. And, and so there was this just sort of wealth of knowledge. And mm-hmm. then I worked with, you know, the woman that invented viewpoints. And so it's like, oh my you know, there's, yeah, it, it was. And then when I, so then when I've gone to these campuses going, oh, wait, this is a little bit, this is set up different. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so there is that sort of, um, uh, there was just that realization of like, oh, I think I had a very special undergraduate experience yeah. because I was learning from people that were act were were doing it, mm-hmm. were up to speed with what's current, what's yep. important, um, and you know, and then I had some teachers that that were doing it that were kind of you know, sure, had a major Hollywood star teaching acting class that was probably the worst acting class I had in my undergrad because it's not <laughs> no. just because you do does not make you I mean, right you can teach yeah, it. That's so true. This is true. <laughs> there is that sort of it's a double edged sword yeah. and it's a good balance, yeah. but it. it I, it, it was inevitable. I mean, um, invaluable right. that uh, the exper- you know, getting to have that that experience with those people. I think that also kind of shows you where you the type of school you want to be at, right? Yes. Like it seems like so. Like you said, interviewing at these different universities, you kind of know right away if it's a good fit or not. It seems like you being at an arts, more of an arts school or liberal arts school, or you know, private art school perhaps would give you those kind of similar experiences? Well, totally. But it's also, it's so hard because the way I present myself, because, you know, my father was a, was a doctor. And so, and my, and my, my mom's a diabetic educator. So mm. um, I, I inherited a, a lot of a, a very good brain. Mm-hmm. Um, 
graduated early, lots of stuff. Nice. Good student. Never yeah. really had to study, have a photographic memory. Oh weird, my gosh. weird things that might, when I was five, my dad had me in a Harvard sweatshirt because he's like, you're going to med school. Wow. Um, I didn't, uh, which to the dismay of, of many. So uh, my thing with that was that I really like a liberal arts education. Yes, yes. I like smart actors. Yeah. I don't want someone in the room that's only done theater their right. whole life. That yeah. eat, lives and breathes because I want you to know something about anthropology. I want you to oh, have an interest yes. in something that because you're going to, you know, I'll never forget. I dropped high school physics because I was like, I'm never going to use this. My senior year, I was taking AP physics and I just, I wanted to coast my second yeah, semester. that's a lot. And he was like, um, and I said, I'm never going to use this. I'm going into theater. He goes, oh, you will use this every day. And you don't even know. Day one of my voice, uh, my voice teachers talking about your vocal cords oscillating and then the air coming through and, and, and all of the physics of it. And I just, I just remember cursing him out under my breath Dang and it. I was like. Damn it, he knew. And so, but it, having interest in other things, it only makes you a better performer Absolutely. because you're, you're actually informed. You know some of that stuff. So I am drawn to the idea of a liberal arts education, but the problem with some of the schools that I went to is I never want to be the smartest person in the room, starting 100%. out. 100%. Starting out. I need to learn from someone that has- I, You never want to be the smartest. Right. I mean, ever. Right. And there yeah, have yeah. been several times where I've gone and, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, their, their faculties come up and been like, I want to take your class. That mm -hmm. was amazing. And I was like, that was basic 101 yeah, in my mind. It's a red flag. <laughs> what are y'all teaching here? You right, know, and so yeah. lot you you definitely know right away if oh, it's a fit sure. or not. And and which is good, but it's, you know, it's been sort of like, oh, okay, so no fit, two years, yeah. but I'll keep looking. Yeah. I mean, I hear you. I've been a higher ed almost 20 years and you you do, you know immediately. Yeah. Right. And even being able to talk to the students, which is like a typical thing you do on interviews, right? Or sometimes a presentation to students. And just understanding the types of questions students are asking also sort of informs like their vernacular within that space. Right. And it can kind of also inform whether that's a good fit for you or not. It's, it's an interesting, it's an yes. interesting space. Yeah. For sure. Yes. Wow. So any of your other siblings in creative fields? No. Um, well, I mean, my sister, my oldest sister is an archivist mm. um, and library science mm. uh, she teaches speaking of nyu at nyu abu dhabi so she uh, yeah um wow yeah um so are they I've, hiring yeah <laughs> right the, well they are but they're they're one of those weird schools i don't think that is that is realized that a, that uh there is no phd in performance in the united states mm. so they require a phd in theater um which you yeah. know is just doesn't make sense to me um and you know to, to teach a practical right. you know yeah, yeah. hands-on yeah. class and so, because I was like, oh my God, Lauren, I'm, I'm, I'm applying. And then I looked and read the job description further and I emailed and said, hey, are you accepting MFAs and, mm -hmm. as a, and terminal degrees? And they were like, no. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. Um, Next. <laughs> so, and then my brother was a professional baseball player. Oh, wow. Um, so uh, I was in the major leagues for a long time, played for lots of different teams. Um, and then my younger sister is uh, a nurse manager at a major cancer hospital in Boston. Oh, wow. Okay. So we all went our... Very, very right. separate ways. Yeah, um, interesting. But I am the only, and there are no other performers in my family. There's okay. no other act. I, we don't know where this came from. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's super interesting. And I know you mentioned, you know, coming up, junior high, et cetera, you didn't know that this was a career path. We hear that a lot on this podcast when we're talking to people. I was really into art. I was really into design. I didn't even know the term graphic design existed. I didn't know this was a career. When did that click for you? So... You know, I would I would always host talent show. I was putting on shows without knowing that that's mm. what I was doing in my basement or oh, my, my cool. aunt's basement with my younger sister. We were very, like I said, I was a very performative kid without realizing that that was 
what I was doing. Right. And so when I was 14, right, when I entered high school, my friend Carla um, was like, you're going to audition for Annie with me. Mm. Um, and I was why? What? And, and she's like, yeah, there's a children's theater right up the street that, again, <laughs> it's like, why didn't I know about that? Right. Um, but you know why I didn't know about it? Because we didn't have money for lessons. Right. You know what I yeah, mean? So I that's, that's a big part of it is when you can actually access. afford yeah. and access mm-hmm. to things. Yep. Um, and we weren't dirt poor money, but, you know, there was no extra money to do things. Right. And that would have been, an, you know, an extra situation. So I said, okay, you didn't have to pay to be in it. They, they, they always needed boys. <clears throat> mm. So I was at a little bit of an advantage. Mm-hmm. She um, had been doing it for a long time. She convinced me to audition. Uh, I, uh, I, I ended up getting the lead. I played Rooster, the the bad guy that steals yeah. Annie and she got Al, the apple seller. Um, <laughs> and it was that, you know, it was sort of that. And, and there was such a, a learning curve and I was so green. I didn't, I didn't know that the movie and the musical could, were different things. Yeah. So like our first day of rehearsal, I was like, where's Punjab? Who's playing Punjab? And they're like, that's not a character in the that's show. And like here. horribly racist, but, um, <laughs> you know, but I was like, oh, okay. And then, you know, during the rehearsal process, I kept being like, which is terrible. Don't ever do this. But I was like, oh, well, you know, in the movie they did. The, and oh, she, oh no. my director hated me. Oh, oh no. hated me. Cause I just was like, but that was That's, where my mind was. Right. I knew that, that was your movie. only reference point. Oh yeah. yeah, and I didn't know how form how formative like my love for that movie Absolutely. was. I mean, I didn't know who Anne Ranking was and didn't put the dots together. And she played Grace in that movie, and that yellow dress and that whole dance sequence literally, I think, a made me gay, but also <laughs> b was responsible for m- me going just getting, like I said, getting on that path without yep. realizing you're necessarily on it. And, wow. And so yeah, I, I do have Carla to thank for for kind of everything in a sense because from there i was like oh oh this is this is my thing this you know is it. this yeah. is and and it just it just it, it it was like dominoes it just kept you know that's amazing going and leading into other things so that's amazing when you were looking at colleges or universities from high school mm-hmm. what was that experience like um it, hilarious because that's now one of my big uh, things that i teach because i love college auditions um oh you audition oh you have to tell me more i know nothing about this process oh my god neither so we i you know i went to a i ended up going to a very nice uh all boys high school Mm. um thanks to some scholarships and whatnot and um we had college counsel we had each everyone was assigned a college counselor Mm -hmm, so a sophomore year of high school you're already thinking about college you're thinking about tests everything Um, my college counselor had never done a theater student before. So I was basically flying blind, even though I'm supposed to have somebody guiding me. Um, I applied to 16 schools. Um, so you have to audition in, uh, you know, uh, and now it's even worse, Mm. even more competitive. Really? So when I was auditioning, there were about 50, I would say 50 schools across the country that had BFA theater and musical theater programs. Um, and that was great because what it did was, is it, it weeded out mm. a lot of what I would call, you know, the riffraff people that mm-hmm. were big fish in small pond, but this really wasn't for them. And I it see. really is not something. Right. Okay. Sure. There were people that slipped through the cracks, but yeah. those people were going to find their way anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I think what happened is, is a lot of the universities, um, sort of looked at that and said, wait, we had 50,000 people audition for a thousand spots. What mm. do you do with 49,000 people? Well, we better start creating programs yeah. in small schools and offering this BFA I and see. validating their dreams. And, and it's, it's, it's a little soul crushing for me sometimes because it's not all, you know, this, not all schools are created, not all opportunities right. are equal. Absolutely. And, yeah. And so, but, um, 
I was I was basically alone. I mean, I like I said, I had people above me that had done this and had auditioned, so I knew there were schools that were that were better. Mm-hmm. There was um, you know, there was that Princeton review, like yeah, top yeah. ten performing <laughs> arts schools. Yeah. So I I did all the research literally by myself. I mm-hmm. I I I scheduled auditions by myself. My mom put me on a plane by myself to Chicago. I got off at Midway, <laughs> oh got on God. the L, went to downtown at to the um wow. Uh it's like the not the Drake Hotel, but it's like the something it begins with the D. Mm-hmm. Uh auditioned for like 12 schools there, oh. got back on the plane. Oh, okay, so it's all like in one location. There like yeah, they oh. have these things called Unified. So oh. in New York, Chicago and LA. And, a, you know, all the major performing arts schools will just go there so oh, that, that makes sense. you're not flying all That's over nice. the place. And this yeah. was, you know, before anyone was recording anything. If you were recording something, it was, you know, you had to have a huge camera and right. there was no Internet. Right. There was no like, yeah. oh, send me a, you know, you can do it now. They make you do pre-screens. So you have to basically audition to audition. Oh so which is great because it saves you time and money. That's true. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a. uh. I think I auditioned for 15 schools and I got into 14. And wow, so, that's great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the first school I auditioned for was NYU. And it was the last school I found out about. It was also the school that gave me the least amount of money. <laughs> I had a full ride to University of Evansville in Indiana. Mm. They have a phenomenal theater program. And they're basically like a straight shot to Yale School of Drama. Really? But that's what scared me because mm-hmm. that's all they kept talking about was we, you get, in, you get into NYU, you get into Yale, you get into grad school. And I was like, well, what's I wrong see. with here? <laughs> what am I not learning right. here if I have to then go, go to four? to grad school. Right. Yeah. So it was, yeah. Uh, it was a very tough day when my mom, when we sat down with the financial aid packets and she's like, you, you're going to turn down what? Well, and yeah. she, well, it, it really was my, my wonderful aunt and uncle on my, on my mom's side who, who after they found out, because again, when you, when you go to a college campus, and I went to a lot of them in order to sort of be mainly because of where I was, I was able to. Yeah. And you know, right away, yeah. if this is a fit for you yep. or not. Mm-hmm. And there was just something about being in New York City. There was something about the building, the Tisch mm-hmm. building at 721 yes. Broadway. There oh was something about just that energy. And I, I, I just knew when I got the acceptance and then you get the acceptance into the drama program. And then two weeks later, you get the letter that says what studio you got into. So, oh. yeah, it's very weird. I'm just like, save what the studio. Tell the me, paper. what does that mean? They have a very large program. They've got about 300 students where most programs are about 20. Okay. However, here's where it ends up equating out. Right. They have contracts with seven of the major, seven to 10 of the major drama studios in New York. So the Playwrights Horizon Studio, the Atlantic Theater Company that oh David Mamet started, uh, Stella Adler Conservatory, the, uh, you know, the, at the time it was the Cap, Cap 21, which is the musical theater studio, mm. the Experimental Theater Wing, which is where Anne, Anne Bogart and, um, and, and, um, Mary Overly did mm-hmm. viewpoints and, mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. these experimental artists were. So you never were in a class with more than 20 people. Oh, wow. So you okay. got it. So you got into basically it was a different method of acting that you would you that you studied. So oh. you got into, you know, you got into the Atlantic Theater Company. You were studying practical aesthetics if you the got entire in, time or you switched? for two years. So okay. that they call that your primary training. After okay. two years, you can you can start to bounce. And that's mm. what I did. I did musical theater for two years. And was like, you know what? I love this. I think it's great, but I also think it's too much to do. I mm-hmm. think I didn't like that. Um, I was constantly being compared to my peers. I was constant. Mm-hmm. It was a very competitive environment because mm-hmm. it is the competitive business. Um, I just didn't feel like I was an actor. I felt like I was becoming a machine. I felt oh, like it was like yeah. you do this, you do this, you do this, and it so takes then, the joy out of it, you know, almost. Well. As that nerd learner, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not learning, I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference. Yep. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not processing it. 
And so I went to the experimental theater wing, which was so what my regimented ballet trained like XYZ needed because they were, oh, it was, it, it was just amazing. Every one of them was just like, what, why, why do you have to do it that way? I was like, well, because that's how you do it. No, you don't do it that Break way. the rules. Oh, it was yeah. the permission to yeah, play yeah, yeah. Uh, was yeah. was what unleashed it all. And it was and it wasn't that it was better than my, my that that training I had was I think important that that at musical theater studio mm-hmm. because it really solidified a foundation. Mm-hmm. Which if I had gone to ETW yep. right away, I think I would have just been this like you know. <laughs> Heart, like, hey, I would have been like, you know, in the age of Aquarius for four years and then <laughs> yeah. graduated and not known how to pay my bills. But, totally. Yeah. But it was um, it was just it, again, it was that sort of following your your gut. Yes. And, and so many people were like, are you leaving, Greg? You're you're good at musical theater. And truth be told, the majority of my career has been musical theater, but mm-hmm. I would never have had the career I've, I've had, I think, if I didn't have those two years at ETW yes. that really sort of made me realize who I am and what I bring to the table. Because mm, that's so important. Yeah. And I, it, sense of self is such an important, oh, absolutely. I think, idea. It's interesting how much this parallels the design field, right? Oh, yeah. It, it really does. Because, you know, we train students for a year or two on the rules and this is how everything works and this right. is what you need to follow. And then the last two years of studio courses really are, this is how you break the rules. Yeah. And now how do you put yourself into your work? Oh, Even my God. if you're working for a client, right? Or whatever. How do you put yourself into that? And I think that's probably what you got. From oh, I, ta- I, I teach, a, I love teaching a masterclass called you in the room. And it's, that's mm-hmm. like the number one thing that I talk about in any of my like cover letters or whatnot is, is that, uh, the, 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 the only asset you have over 500 blonde girls who can belt just as high as you can is they're not you. Mm-hmm. And so if you have no idea who you are, what you're saying, what you do, what your voice is, how you are, the energy that you bring into a space. And mm-hmm. this applies to really any, Everything. any life, oh anything that you yeah. are, yeah. um, that is what is going to make you stand out. So that's a huge part of my teaching. Um, you know, when, when you're doing acting the song, it's, it's figuring out who is in front of me, not training the singer to sing the song, but it's mm. training the, the actor, the person in front of me mm-hmm. and figuring out how I can bring parts of who they are, parts of what they do naturally into the room at all times. Wow, and, and I that's think that's awesome. absolutely you know, with designers, it's like, what, who, what is your voice? What do you want to say? What is your style? Yep. Who mm-hmm. are you? Um, and that's not something you have to know right away, Absolutely not. but yep. <laughs> it's something you need to start thinking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's why I'm a huge proponent of gap years. I don't believe you should jump right into, into college from, uh, I feel that's a, such an American idea. And I feel like if I were on any faculty or admissions committee, and I read a letter from someone that said, I took a year off to figure this out. I went and did an internship. You don't take a year off to take a break. You don't no. take a year off and go right. traveling like everyone, yeah. like everyone in the UK does. And yeah. they're like, oh, we went to, you know, went to Tibet and went to what? It's like, no, 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 no. I mean, you can do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. But it's, it, it's yeah. more so uh, taking a break from, from learning right. because we get on that train at five and we don't get off till we 18, you know? Nope. Nope. And so it's taking that break and figuring out like, okay, I've learned, I've had a liberal arts education. Mm-hmm. I, I've been exposed to a lot of things. Where does my energy want to go to? And if yeah. you don't, I was lucky. I knew at 14 when I got bit, you know, That's but awesome. most, how many people do you know that said like, I don't, yeah, I thought I was going to be a professional flautist. Ooh. <laughs> so I was in band. I was a really big band nerd and I was really good at it and stuff. Not to brag, but 
that's what I thought I wanted to do, you know? When did and, you realize you didn't want to do that? Um, so I also got a major scholarship to a university. Oh, uh, where? University of Texas. Okay, And yeah. then I also applied to Texas A&M. I'm, you know, from Houston. So that was really the choices we had in yes, front of us yes, at the yes, time. Yes, 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 yes. I get this it. this is in the 90s, right? <laughs> and so we kind of went either place and I got no money at A&M and I was waitlisted. Whatever. But that's another conversation. Okay. Um, But, you know, I wanted... There was an architecture program over an architecture. This is when like Pixar was really big. Right? Oh yeah. And well, they were like the only game in town. Totally. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? Like Toy Story came out. I'm like, what? How are you doing this? Yeah. And I never in a million years knew that there was something called design or visualization or animation. Like it just, it wasn't part of our, and I went to a middle class high school in Houston, you know, and um, I went and visited and it just blew my mind. And I thought, what do I want to play in symphonies my entire life in that competitiveness? Mm. Can you imagine? Oh, yes. I And I the friends. flute. I mean, how many flute players? I mean, there's millions of flute players. <laughs> I could not have That picked. I did not know. Oh, my gosh. It's like the most common instrument. I, I don't know. We should probably fact check this. But anyway. so I when can I, see that. My yeah. sisters both played the flute. Right. There you go. And plays the flute, you know, all of those. Yeah. My, so yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. And so I realized this is not a career path. I could see myself doing long-term and I just took the leap and left the money and went to A&M and, you know, the rest is history, but it, it takes guts to do it. And something mm-hmm. that you said that I wanted to come back to as well is trusting your gut, trusting that little voice right inside your head. That's leading you a certain direction or just doesn't feel quite right what you're doing or you want more of something. It's not an accident. Those feelings that, that, that feeling you get, you know, it, 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 it's chemical. It is biological. It is your body telling you something, you know, when you're scared, Mm -hmm. you know, that feeling you get, it's not an accident. You don't get that feeling any other situation. Absolutely. Right. Right. You know, when you're excited, the dopamine kicks in and, and the, or I don't know. Yeah. 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 All the things, right. The things come, you know, there are something about serotonin. Right. Right. (laughs) Sounds like a right word. There's, there's, there are chemical things that happen um, that help with, um, you know, emotional Mm -hmm. response. And I feel like you, you really do. You have to act, but you have to be honest because I feel like there, you Mm -hmm. know, there are definitely people that can, you know, I want to be a astronaut. Okay. You know, put in the work. Well, exactly. Do you know what it takes to do that? Because I get that asked, you know, especially when I was teaching younger kids, I got, I got that question all the time, which was like, do you think my daughter has what it takes? You know, and I said, I'm not, I can't answer that question because I love, I love teaching an underdog or someone Mm. that is not conventionally the person. And I'm telling you, I have. The first student I ever had, her name was Taylor. She, when she puts on makeup and wants to get all whatever, look amazing. She's like, she's uh, like Middle Eastern and uh, Canadian. Wow. It's like she got oh the God. best of like both worlds. Yeah. And, and and she's just stunning. But she was incredibly bright, Um, just didn't care about any of that. Was, you know, would look like, you know, her hair was what it was. She wore glasses. <laughs> she never wore makeup. Um, She was quirky. She was weird. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I. I'm not going to, I'm not trying, I'm not going to make you anything other than that. I was like, have you thought, you know, and she got comedy. So I would give her things mm. and then I would give her other things and she just understood it. And, and, and that was where I was like, oh, you really do have to be yourself. She got into NYU. She went to Tish as well. It was like, wow. it was just one of those things of just learning that again, reiterating of how important it is to authenticity is in any type of 
yes. art. They can smell it. People can smell oh, when you're being fake. They for can sure. absolutely sense that. And um, yeah. But yeah, you've got to trust that that feeling you get when 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 your body is either telling you this is right, this is wrong. Um, I need a change. I need um, you know, because that gut instinct or that mm. instinct, as you as we, mm-hmm. as you said, is is what sort of um is the impetus to sort of action. Whereas we're right away if we if it was if because it's not mental right it's, right it's we always, would overthink it exactly and we would find every reason and why many people or not, do yeah right, like the back right. to school thing it's like oh well i can't afford it i can't it, you can or have you thought you know i didn't realize that most graduate theater programs are free wow that's nice yeah hi not the, design no well i the Tulane program <laughs> was was a completely funded program which That's is the amazing. only reason i was able to go wow because but then i started researching other programs and it's like oh yeah this is a full you know it's a full ride you teach and da, 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 and I, I and then i realized oh that's why undergraduates go to school because they <laughs> pay, pay for, for gradu- graduates to do stuff <laughs> funny. especially at yeah. like an r1 and yeah, so I, yeah. I you know but we i how many excuses did i make before i was actually able to say yep wait i'm ready to do this mm-hmm. so get out of your own way i know i mean we hear a lot of students that talk about the financial side of it, just because you brought it up. I think it's important to talk about. And one thing I always tell students is do not let money keep you from an education. Ugh. Right? No. What 100%. Uh, you know, I, my, my, probably the best student I've ever taught I, I fall victim to that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we spent a good chunk of, of money and time prepping for her auditions and then she didn't audition anywhere and went to a, a local state school, oh, not bashing that experience, sure, but sure. what it was, it was, it, there was, her parents were just very much, uh, I think, anti-loans mm-hmm. and debt. And I said, you know, I'm, it's this, there this, for is, a reason. this is the best investment you yes. possibly could make in Absolutely. this field. I'm not saying in general, right. if you have no idea what you want to do, do not go thousands hundreds of thousands right, of dollars in right. debt to just screw around and party <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. this field like you're on a conveyor belt from freshman year to senior year of just boom but mm-hmm. again not every school is the same and, and right. not every opportunity that you could get but also why wouldn't you want to see what you could do what can you do you right? know yeah. and so i tell people this is not bad debt this is not like credit mm-hmm. card debt this mm-hmm, is not mm-hmm. um but it better be for something i don't say that for everything right. i don't say that at all right. for just Absolutely. like oh i i can't you know i want to go to this school but i can't but it's like well do you know what you want to do mm-hmm. like because i i don't think you should spend hundreds of thousand dollars to figure out what you want to do for the rest yep. of your life that's yep. that's a waste of that money that is definitely a waste of money and time yeah let's not 100%. do that yeah. no let's not do that but <laughs> if you do know what you want to do and money is sort of there there are so many resources out there that will allow it and if it is the place that your gut is telling you mm-hmm. this is where i want to be or this is where i feel like i should be you have to make that work and and i'm mm-hmm. I, I guess i am speaking from a place of of privilege and and and, and luck in the fact right. that my parents right. family were able to step in because they didn't have kids and say we're going to contribute um, That's awesome. but i would have taken out every loan i could have done Same. to stay there right you know, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, very quickly my, for, after the first semester, my dad pulled the plug on what he was contributing. And so I had other people step in and, and, and do it as well. My, we took out loans, uh, you know, to do mm-hmm. it because I, it, was, it was important to be there. Absolutely. And so absolutely do not let money get in the way of, 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 of a dream, especially if it's the right fit for everything. Right. Absolutely. No, that's great. That's really good advice. Um, so let's talk about where you think you're going to be in five years. Oh, God. Or where would you like to be? Um, you know, this whole TikTok thing has taught me, uh, it, well, it's, I, I don't know if it's taught me as much as sort of, I, I think, confirmed a theory that I've always had, which is that 
um, I, I remember saying this, and I don't think I'm going to, I'm not saying I'm going to do this, but I, when, when Robin Williams won his Oscar for Goodwill Hunting in 98, um, I, I just said, I said to my mom, well, and I get, it's funny because my TikTok people compare me to him all the time. I was time, about which is to really, say really... when you said that, <laughs> I was like, you I have look a, a young I have a, Robin I have Williams. a side by side on my TikTok. It's really insane. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. I just, I just did that when you said that. He was a humongous hero of mine, but I remember saying to my mom, uh, that I think that's what my life is going to be like, my career. I said, now granted, he had a career in his youth for, for, for real. But I said, I feel like any success I have is coming later in life because mm. I've always felt like an old soul. I was mm. always the person that was friends with everybody's parents, you know, because I was like, yeah. I'm not interested in children's things. Yes. Like, let's talk, yeah. you know. I, <laughs> Pour if, me some wine. Right. If, 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 if a mother was like, call sure. me Linda, I was like, Linda, how are we? You know, <laughs> yeah. I was always drawn to just sort of a more mature idea, yeah. idea but I feel like that's because, like, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, you're 41. They'll say that. But I'm like, I don't feel 41. I don't think I act like I'm 41 mm -hmm. sometimes. And it's because I do feel like my exciting time is, is now mm -hmm. this. And so it, it, this sort of found success, if you will, quotes uh, on, yeah. an, on an app that is so weird and random. It's just sort of, I think, solidified this idea that I've had that is that I feel like I, I, I do the work, I'll put it in, but I'm not going to, don't get discouraged. You know, I say this because so many friends, my friends dropped out of this business mm. at 25, 26, 27, because mm. they did not get that immediate success. Yeah. And I've then I've had friends that went on to be super, super successful movie stars, frozen, everything. Oh, wow. And, you know, uh, the and, and, and for me, it was just one of those things I said, I didn't get into this business mm -hmm. to, to, to stop. It, it, this is a business that you don't grow out of you continually grow into mm. new roles new things new uh new experiences and so that's a great way to look at it in five years yeah i feel like i'm mm -hmm. gonna be doing some performing very very soon i feel like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be rocking playing someone's dad or the cool dad or or whatnot or the the guy in his 40s that has, has doesn't know what he wants to do you know or hasn't figured it out yet <laughs> yeah. i feel like this is where like, because, and, and the great thing is, well, not great. I, I don't mean to celebrate someone's like de decision to leave, but a lot of my people my age are, are busting out. They're calling it quits because it's, it's yep. tough. They're yep. doing what I sort of did, right? Sure. you know, and they're pivoting and they're mm -hmm. either going into something else. A lot of people I knew went to nursing school, which is like oh. amazing. Okay. And, That's oh, great. Oh God. Yeah. I've got a friend <laughs> that was that, that I did, uh, that I went to undergrad with that, that is getting published and, and, wow. and is doing amazing things in the nursing field. And I was like, yes, you That's know what I mean? Great. Like he yeah. was an unbelievable dancer. And I was like, follow, follow those passions and do it. But mm -hmm. this has always been mine. And I knew it was mm -hmm. not going to be something. And trust my parents have always said, when are you going to, you know, when are you going to grow up? You get that. When are you going to settle down? You get that one. I hate that <laughs> oh, phrase. No. I'm like, I am, what am I floating? I'm settled. I'm here, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so it is that constant idea of redefining what success means to you. Absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah, success. I, like I said, I've got friends that are very famous and very out there in the public eye and, and, and millions of dollars and whatnot. And, and then I have friends that you've never heard of that, that work constantly and, and, and whatnot. And, but I don't, and it's taken a long time to get to this point, but I don't judge my yays or nays by by anyone else's sort of idea i don't mm -hmm. if i want to do a project i do it you know if, and and that's why trust me i get made fun of for doing tiktok all the time and not in a bad way sure. but i get jabbed i should say of huh. like oh yeah what's up well, how's tiktok you know and i was like 
I could be snarky and be like, I don't know. I sold a whole lot of merch the other day, you know, or I could be like, you know, I just sort of laugh it off. But again, it's one of those things of, of just seeing what's in your path and Mm -hmm. just making that choice. So I'm, I'm sort of choosing right now to sort of see where this can take me. I decided to stay in new Orleans. I'm actually teaching. Uh, I got a teaching job, but I'm teaching at a elementary school. So I've completely pivoted with who I'm going to be in front of, but I'm starting a theater program at a school. Oh my goodness. Very excited about it. Um, just to be back in sort of that sort of mode, but then also mm-hmm. sort of just kind of letting this sort of take me mm-hmm. uh, where it where it might. Um, Trusting what the doors... process, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. But also ha- realizing the 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 opportunities I have that are allowing me to do right. that. But right. not staying stagnant, not accepting the status quo, but also reminding myself to sit back and enjoy it every yes, now and then. Take, absolutely, take that vacation. So hopefully in five years, I'm just still, I'm still in this field. I would love to be performing again, mm-hmm. um, but I would be content if that was, you know, in, in the French Quarter, uh, you know, doing yeah. Shakespeare in the Park or, yeah, or, yeah. or doing, just continuing doing this. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have the danger of five-year plans is that what happens when that doesn't Absolutely. plan right. out. Right. And, yeah. and yeah. for me, so for me, if I plan too far ahead, I start to get upset if I don't achieve that. Yep. So small goals yeah. for me. Uh, so I'm in, I'm in the moment right now and hopefully, you know, I realize how fleeting things can be. So I was like, you know, I, they could love me today and hate me tomorrow. So I just got to stick, stick with the, with the gut. And so we're just, we're enjoying life right now. You have such an interesting path. And like we talked about earlier, you know, that winding road or that crooked path, I think is very scary for younger adults. Right. And like you said, people end up leaving the fields or changing careers because it's it's worrisome well art art fields are harder because mm-hmm. there is no if there was a book on how to do this we all would have read it oh, and we all sure. would be doing it and right. so a lot of people that aren't in our in an artistic field don't understand that you know when you graduate yeah you don't just go into the workforce right. because it's a subjective art form it's not objective There's and it's no, very competitive right and so it, it's 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 harder for other people to get and so that's why it's so important not to not to, to have your own definition of what success is mm-hmm. and, and having those conversations with the people that are around you so that they can, so that you can teach them how to support you yes. because they don't get it. They really don't. My mom doesn't get it. She under, you know, she, they, you did this, 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 this to get that job. The, the, and it's important to sort of also teach those people like, look, I'm going to have months where when you ask me, what am I doing? I'm going to say nothing. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing yeah. that you know, yeah. retail job so that I can eat, yeah. but I'm still trying to audition just because I don't work for six months doesn't mean, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not, a, don't be afraid of that windy path. Absolutely. Because it's not, it's not like, I feel like when they draw it, it's like thorn bushes and, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not Indiana Jones. No, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's just windy. It's yeah. just the detour road. It's yes. not the direct, whatever. Some people get yeah. on that path. Good for them. But like, take, enjoy the scenery. And then, and, and again, you can make your lefts and rights and, and, and choose yeah. that adventure. Yes. And learn from those, learn from those turns. Totally. Yes. Well, thanks again. Thanks for having me. Yes. And thanks to everybody who's listening. You can follow Greg on TikTok at Gregisms and also on Instagram at Cotator Tot. I don't want to pronounce it wrong. It's okay. No one does. It's my (laughs) last name. It was a nickname in high school. Nice. I like it. Okay. Well, thanks everybody. And um, we'll talk again soon. 
Trust the Process is a Sunnyside Up production supported by Tulane University's School of Professional Advancements Media and Design Programs. Tulane SOPA Media and Design offers bachelor's degrees, postgraduate certificates, and professional certificates in graphic design, interactive UX UI design, advertising, public relations, and digital media marketing. To learn more about this podcast and our award-winning programs, visit sopa.tulane.edu. That's S-O-P-A tulane.edu. This podcast is written and directed by Amanda Garcia and produced by William Parrish of Sweet Clover Studios. To learn more about our guest today and to find past episodes, visit sopa.tulane.edu slash trust the process.